Thunder, we are Thunder, flesh and blood down under. Andy, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you. Chromatic in the house. <laughs> we have a very special guest, ladies and gentlemen. We have the owner of Sydney's sexiest LGS, right in you know in the heart of Sydney, really in Ashfield. Chromatic Games. Welcome, Andy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Timmy. Do you have an event on tonight? Ah, uh, no. Okay. Yeah, some we were saying busy, something so about draft. Yeah, the some people weren't free on that day. Okay, so okay. Probably next week. Okay, so you're doing like a beginner's draft, I hear. Yeah, I'm trying to convert some MTG people to flesh and blood. That's the way. <laughs> That's what I, one at a time, one soul at a time. Yeah, it all it's started happening. when um, they wanted. I put the like. I made two starter decks, a white border starter decks. Like Ooh. I made myself. And I what made, heroes? Um, Katsu and I on it just to keep it like. Yeah, balance. All, yeah, all ninja baby. Yeah, keep it simple. And then I have that double mat on one of the tables. And then sometimes they ask, they're like, mm, "Teach me, give me a demo," you know. And then I give them a demo, and then they're like, "That was fun." That's actually see, that's a good. <laughs> that's how the Iridex started, right? That's what GamesCube had. They just yes, had the Iridex setup. Yes, they did. See, that's what Classic mm. Battles for. Mm. I've got one sleeved up, but I don't own a store. I think like store should have a Classic Battle sleeved up. Because mm. also you might sell a Classic Battle. <laughs> like you show some kid how to play. You go, oh, I love this Reinar guy. Mm-hmm. And then you go, yeah, well, that's the that's what you play. It's right there. It's okay. Yeah, but I feel like it's not a lot. Like you say kids, but I think for sure, sure. usually- like uh, well, I say kid because I'm 35. Mm. Oh. I mean like a 20 year old. You know? yeah. But yeah, yeah, um, you're right. So I don't know much of your backstory. Paul knows a bit more than I, I do. I do. Yeah. I do. So I want, I, you need to actually tell me and the audience. Mm. Yeah, don't so worry. We'll, we'll I'll, go I'll tell you my side first. Reason is when I just started playing, your, um, Paul was going around, Tall Tim was going around to different stores. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went to Blood Rush first. You were the second store I ever went to. And we did an alpha box in mm-hmm. the in the back room. Mm-hmm. Um, but he told me some good things. He's like, look, I convinced this guy to get into fab. We're going to go down. <laughs> like he was very much trying to build the community then. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, I know you got a background in poker. And that's pretty much as far as I know <laughs> about like, but how did the store start? How did you? Well, I want to go further go back. Go further back? I want to go further back. back. Look, right, I've, you drive. I've known Andy for quite some time. We met in around... I think it'd be around May 2013. Um, you were, were you still in high school then? I think you were. Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah, God, and I was just about to have- we how to, old are you? I'm 26 now. Okay. Yeah, so okay. nine years ago, and God, yeah. Andy was in high school, and <laughs> I was about to have my third <laughs> child. Unbelievable. So, you know, Andy goes way back. The reason why I've got such a uh, special place in my heart for Andy is after my 16-year hiatus from Magic- my first night rocking up at a brand new LGS that had only been open for a few weeks. We did a draft. There was only four of us that turned up. One was the store owner, Dark Lord, and one of the other person was Andy. And that was the first... You remember that draft, right? This was at the... Yeah, at the yeah, Games Cube. Games Cube, yeah. Yeah, you remember that? Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. Brad, yourself, and Lindsay and me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you were in high school. So I think long. Brad might have been in high school too. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And I think were you two's mates back then as well? Or? Um, 
we met each other at Game Traders Westfield. Before that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I've just got such a really good memories of that. And then and then obviously over the next few years we were both grinding magic and in the same group and you know, I, I became, you know, friends with Andy. And then you know, post magic. Uh, you know, you're a prolific grinder at MTG. You love playing Spice and Rogue. <laughs> Shout out to Scred, Scred baby, yeah. Scred all day. <laughs> yeah, I, think, uh, I don't remember. It was a GP Singapore. Yeah, it was like, it was like quite a while ago. Maybe mm, I don't know, 2013, 14. Yeah, right? four, 14 maybe. Yeah, I, I played Scred Red, and I was the only Scred Red that day two in that GP, and <laughs> I think. That Chapman Sim, I think you know that guy. He yeah, writes yeah. Art articles for like Magic. I think he like wrote a article like, and he had that Scred Red in there. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. I do remember <laughs> that. I do remember that. But like, so like from then, like John touched on it. Then you, you know, you went uh, after we all sort of you know packed up from playing a lot of competitive Magic. You dived into, you stayed in the card realm, mm -hmm. but you pivoted. You pivoted hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so this is prior to opening your LGS and all the rest mm -hmm, of it. Mm -hmm. So um, so fast forward, team. I met Andy like when he was a teenager in high school, playing my first game of Magic after a 16-year hiatus, and then snapshot today, he is the owner of one of Sydney's um, largest and greatest LGSs, in my opinion. Now, in between that, though, there's some stories. That I just find this very interesting. So walk, mm -hmm. walk, walk us through, you know, the... You know, the time in the casino mm. and the croupier and professional poker player and <laughs> running some underground games and, you know, let, let, let the audience know what's... Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Alleged, right. Alleged right. underground game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was playing like Magic in high school, friends and that. And then I got a job at the casino as a blackjack and poker dealer. How old were you when you did that? 2015, I think. 2015, okay. Yeah. So and you had to sit tests to get a job doing that to be a dealer. Yeah, like they run you through like an interview and like a hand-to-eye coordination test. Oh, really? Yeah, to so make sure that like you're not colorblind for the chips colors and all that. So maths? Did you have to do maths? Yeah, tests? there's like some like times table sheets. I find it fascinating stuff. what dealers like how quickly they can mm. read like what how much someone's chips are. You know what yeah, I mean? You don't have to be good at maths. It's kind of like just sure. remembering the answer and then just. Remembering sure. that with the chip. So like, you're like, okay, the two chips equals this. Yeah, did, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? did you find that your background in TCGs helped you with that testing to get into the casino? Mm. Or not really? I wouldn't say it helped me getting into the casino, but it definitely helped me with my skill f yeah. for poker. Yeah. Because I think a lot of pl um, players who are really good at poker, magic, and there's also another game called Starcraft. Mm -hmm. like the, there's a lot sure. of people that jump, jump from each of one of these games one to another and usually do really well mm. there's like professional starcraft 2 players that jump into poker and then they do really well what, why do you think that is i don't know there must be some sort of skill that's it's also it's still common. starcraft's hand-eye coordination's big mm -hmm. but also there's a lot of maths in starcraft mm -hmm. isn't it you got to like keep track of you got to know like two workers on this mine will equal this <laughs> you know like there's a lot of like i can't follow it but when you you watch a starcraft game yeah. there's a lot going on yeah, it's a lot of multitasking yes and that's so. like if your brain can handle if you're like good at starcraft 2 mm. you have a very high iq there's no way you're yeah, you don't have be. a high iq yeah mm -hmm. that's why um for starcraft it's like um it's not very it's not as popular as league of legends because mm. like i feel like 
the skill cap for the game is like really high. You know the games where like it's really hard. Like, isn't like the better players in it will always win. Like if mm. you're, yeah, yeah, if Starcraft. You suck at, yeah, if you luck. suck. Yeah, exactly. If you suck <laughs> at Starcraft and then there's a better yeah. player, like he's gonna win like most of the time, yes, like hundred percent yeah. of the time. Like you know? chess. Yeah, exactly. There's like, no chess, excuses, right? A lot of chess pros are getting into poker. Yeah, yeah, and but for League of Legends, like it. It's popular because it keeps all the noobs in. Like it gives them hope because they can be like, "Oh, my teammate sucks. He he fed, <laughs> so like that's why we lost." And then they are like, "Oh, let's try again." And yeah, keep yeah. Trying. Yeah. It gives them that false hope. You, you, and that exactly <laughs> right to have like a mega game, you need to have the Timmy's coming back. <laughs> exactly. If you, you just if say. you just go chess balls to the walls, no Timmy's are playing competitive chess. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. forget about it. You no, no, it's it's correct. You, you, you have to dumb it down. You can't build for people a like me. very large franchise mm. on competitive only well, because you there's only so many people that are good. Yeah, exactly. But Fab is, I think, in that Fab's one of the. I'm trying to remember what the wording is. It's like, um, but it's it's easy to learn. Mm. You can do your thing. You can hit a triple lumina combo if you want to, right? Mm. Oh, that's but, hard. But, Come on, but, man, that's hard. No, no, no. It'll happen by luck eventually. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you will still quad into someone and kill them. <laughs> When you're on one life, you're reckless swings. Like you will win a game of flesh and blood, even if you're terrible at the game. Mm. It's possible, but the difference between a good player and a bad player is like light years apart. Yeah, hundred percent. But but you can still beat the good player. There's still that little bit mm. of chance, yeah, right? It's like, like the hope, which is annoying because it also gives people some false sense of skill. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Not as much hope as there is in no, magic. No, I, in that, magic, saying, I think that's you why can definitely is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in magic, that you know, with the increased variance, <laughs> a Timmy really can beat a pro. Yeah. If they get mana screwed or yeah. something like that, you, you're just like, yes, I'm the and best. And Fab has that. Like, if, if the best player in the world draws all non-attack actions on, on a rune blade, it just happened. Like, yeah, you can't... It's like when a player beats you because of luck and then they explain <laughs> to you why like they won and why they're better. Yeah, but... Get it, okay, let's reverse this. You got to love that, though. <laughs> the problem with that is what happened to our good friend Brent Gordon. Smashed a very well-known player on, on Reiner mm. versus... Um, Starvo and the guy was like you just got lucky it's like man you can't get that lucky <laughs> like you can't Starvo into isn't Rhyme. Starvo meant to get lucky that's, that's what no but Starvo is one of those decks that it just plays itself for the Reinar to win that's not just luck mm-hmm. like that, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying yeah you got anyway I think anyone that wins worlds which is what's coming up will have to be lucky Mm-hmm. But also has to be very like you can't because mm-hmm. poker is the same, right? I can get lucky in poker, make the right calls mm-hmm. ten times in a row and win. Yeah, but to win a tournament, mm-hmm. skill rises to the top, and you, you need both. Yeah. You need so both. this is how they explain it in poker tournaments: mm. is like um, so anyone can win, right? Even if the worst player can win, like due to luck. But so a poker tournament is like a lottery, mm. and but the better players have more tickets. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's it's variance reduction mm, is yeah, your skill. Yeah, just because you have twenty tickets doesn't mean you're going to win the if lottery, you, right? Yes. If you're completely reckless, if you go into one of these poke games completely reckless, no one knows you, no one can get a read on you. You're just like mm-hmm. so out there, contrary to all the excuse me typical plays you're meant to be doing. Can you high roll a tournament and actually win doing that strategy or not? Mm, yeah, you can. There's always a chance, like, it, even against just, good players. Yeah, you still have the ticket. You still have a ticket. You know what I mean? You can Anyone win. can win in a poker tournament. There's always well. Here's one thing that I find interesting about poker, though. Mm. Really, when it comes to heads up, way more skill. Mm. So to win a tournament, you also have to win the one v one at the end. Yes, That's yeah. skill. Mm. Like you can't be that lucky. 
Like you can't. It's very. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen because I watch a little bit of pro, but I don't think someone that had no business being at the final table won a tournament that often. Like they'll win one and then you never hear of them again. Mm-hmm. But these guys that have won like fifteen bracelets, mm-hmm. it's exactly yeah, right. They've the, had luck streaks, mm-hmm. but the amount of tickets they hold going in, their reads, the ab- ability to do. The mm-hmm. ratios in the head, the probabilities yeah. in the head. Yeah, Ev- everyone gets lucky. Like they get their time. You have to, yeah. yeah. But then the better players know how to like, capitalize on that and get max value when they do get lucky. You know? mm. And Fab has a similar thing where it's like if you got a shit hand, you you need to make the best decision you can with the shit hand. Block yeah, it yeah, out and not get emotional. Like especially mm-hmm. at a high level, mm-hmm. I think that's why certain people do very well at Fab. Is mm-hmm. They, they know the mechanics, obviously. They can build a deck, great. But then when they're under the crunch and they pull shit, they don't tilt. Mm-hmm. Like Pablo lost his first two games, won the tournament. Mm-hmm. That's not no, that's not an everyone can do that skill. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I heard um a big fan of um Tariq. Um, mm. Massive fan, good mind, great, uh, you know, magic player as well. Um, very good mind. He explains, it, especially when he's explaining to magic players that it's very hard for them to grasp the concept with Fab that you need to look at every turn as a hard reset, right? Which is not like Magic, right? Yeah. Magic's all about synergy, building a board state, you know, tagging on turn after turn together. Whereas essentially a lot of Fab is... It's a mini game every turn. Exactly. It's like getting in that mindset, not getting on tilt, that this is like literally resetting the game every turn. And if you can like get your head around that and maximize that every turn is a reset and just blocking out all the BS and just tackling it one turn at a time. That was the way he was explaining mm. it. And I found that um, quite interesting. I hadn't heard anyone um, explain it that way before, but getting back to um, poker. So you went into the casino, you did your tests, mm-hmm. probably aced them, got the job. How did that go? Yeah, what was it like working in a casino? You were doing poker, blackjack. Yeah, it was, um, it's a very chill job. Cause like um, every, it's very chill. Like it's, it was the only job that I've ever got that doesn't feel like you're going to work. If that makes sense. Yeah. Know. It's like um, every hour you work, you get a 15 minute break, and you have your uniform laundered for you, so you just rock up in your you know whatever clothes you work up with. Oh, they wash their clothes for you. Yeah, they? exactly. And you just go to the yeah, because they would <laughs> probably want it to look all the same, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, there's like a there's like what's that thing? You know, have you watched Monsters Inc? You know how the, all the doors are like. <laughs> <laughs> moving and stuff it just think of that those are uniforms and like you just go there and you press the, your number and then the uniform just like Ooh. comes to you and then you just okay. pick it up and you cool. get changed and then you look at the the timetable thing to see what table you're on and you have to go there to, and then yeah that's about it Every so it's very regimented you know what's going on yeah 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 it's, it's but you're chill. playing more than working it feels like mm, that, like yeah. what I mean is you're dealing but you're like mm-hmm. it's in a game that you what did you like about it uh, it's I know this, this, some people might disagree, but I say it's like, diff- it feels different every day. Mm. But like some people say, oh no, you're just doing the same motion and that. But like, it's about um, meeting and seeing all these different types of people, you know? Yeah. Cause like in the gambling world, there's some really crazy ass people in there. Yeah, dude, you <laughs> must've met some characters, right? Yeah, oh my God. Oh, I, I dealt to Mel Gibson. If you know mm. who he is, I didn't know who he was at the time when I was dealing <laughs> to him. I didn't know who he was. You didn't know who Mel Gibson was. I'm sorry, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> Damn, but yeah, because young, yeah, yeah, they, they moved. They Freedom. Moved, yeah, so, yeah. I was working Lethal one weapon? shift. I was working one shift, and then they moved me like three tables down, like away from everyone else. And I was like, mm, why? And then the, some old, old-looking dude. <laughs> he is <laughs> old. Yeah. He, he is a bit washed now. Yeah, mm, mm, yeah. Like they opened like a fifty-dollar blackjack table just for him, and then he had like two 
um, women next to him and just watching him gamble and stuff. And then like, I would just be like, I don't know, Telling like he's asking like what's good to do on this hand? What should I like, double here? Should I split? Here? No, yeah, he's like, like asking me if I'm just talking to him like a normal person. Yeah. You know? Are you allowed like, to give advice? Yeah, you can just talk. It doesn't really matter because it's ah uh, look the VIP like that gets mm. his own table. You're probably allowed to help him a little bit. No, that doesn't really matter because like it's all in that automatic shuffle machine. So yep. like it literally doesn't matter. It what doesn't you matter say. what you do in the long run. You're gonna lose. Mm. So they don't really care. Like you can help them. Like even if you're playing by the book, you know the there's a yep. blackjack book, like the, like the optimized strategy, what you're meant to do. You're still gonna lose. <laughs> Is that uh, book good or full of shit? It's good. It's good. Okay. But um, if you're, it depends on your luck, obviously. <laughs> so the automatic machines, I've heard they're like yeah, they're, they're not rigged, but they're not random either, right? Mm, I, the thing is. They don't have to rig it, you yeah. know what I mean? They don't have to rig it to win. Mm. So it's just the, the how, exactly. yeah. it's how, how the game's the game built. Exactly, exactly, you know what I mean? So like, you don't need to rig it. It's just le- leave it there and run, let it run. How it's much did Mel Gibson tip you? That's what I want to know. Oh, you can't, oh, it's illegal to tip in Australia. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it is, yeah. It's like, it's well, really why weird. would you ever work in a casino <laughs> in Australia? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, I heard some random stories of people working in the casino too. Like this, I don't know, there's like, who's the owner of Crown Casino or something? Or mm-hmm. I don't know, someone. Mm-hmm. Something Packer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I don't know, was it him or someone else that they went to start to and then they book, booked out like the whole floor just for him to gamble and then there was like, he wanted um, specific dealers to deal with him and like they like they had to look, they had to be blonde, they had to be <laughs> busty, they had to like, he had all these requirements and then like the start was like, okay, yeah, we'll do it, yeah. Because he's gambling big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think he got like, I don't know, attached to like one of the, one of the blonde dealers or something and then... Um, <laughs> Uh, I think he offered her like a more than like a two hundred thousand dollar tip, and it's like you can take it, but you lose your job. It's like would right. you take it? You know, like, two hundred thousand. Yeah, you take your it. job. Yeah, you take it's it. It's got to be like yeah, exactly three, right? four years worth of wages. Exactly. Yeah, right? you can just go work at Macca's anyway. After so is that what the pit boss said to <laughs> her? To so you, the pit boss basically <laughs> said, "Hey, you can take the two hundred grand, but see you later." No, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know the whole story, but but sure. that's a good it story. Probably changes. It probably that's changes here and there, like yeah. when people tell each other. So I, I <laughs> have oh, heard yeah. people that's making cool. tips at the casino, but maybe they're not dealers. Maybe mm. that's the difference. I don't think maybe you can tip a dealer here. Maybe not. But I know like valets and stuff make. Oh yeah, they can. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But. I think the dealers can't because like they would sure their, their reason is because like there might be like you know like deals under the table it's like mm. oh I'm gonna cheat for you so sure, you yeah. win you know and then you're gonna give me a tip but is that even possible mm, I guess because the machine you're not shuffling yourself are you um sometimes like most of the time you're not but when the machine like Sure. Like breaks down or something then you need yeah to but as it. a rule like you're not even the one handling the cards you get the deck out yeah you you're just putting it in the machine start, exactly. and start dealing yeah right? yeah, you're yeah, not, yeah yeah, yeah. What That's was your favorite game to run? What's like mm. the most? Probably poker because you get a chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in Baccarat, you get a chair too, but poker's, I don't know. I like poker, so it's more fun. Like it's, You're just like sitting there dealing the game and watching these hands play out. Mm. So sometimes it's What was the craziest hand you saw? Craziest hand? Not value, like rarity. Rarity? Mm. No, nah, I think I've seen... <laughs> Seen all the like seen everything all the, possible. All the bad beats, all the <laughs> you know, all the, all the stories, all, all the same. <laughs> just like the person on tilt. And <laughs> have you seen someone on. fully go on tilt? Mm. Like just lose their shit? Yeah. Damn, man, poker. <laughs> just go watch some YouTube videos. <laughs> it's like some of those one percenters that'll win. And they yeah, there's rage. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Yeah. So that's why I feel like if you come from poker into fab, fab for example. Um, it's like you, 
if you're good at not controlling your tilt, mm. then, you, then I think that would be very beneficial to a fab player. Because like when you get tilted on small things like, oh, I got unlucky on this, on this. But what you should be really worrying about is what you could have done to be um, do better. What you can that control. Match, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Can't control what you draw, right? Yeah, exactly. Just do your best. <laughs> and how long were you at the casino for? Mm, two years. Okay. And, yeah. And then, yeah, I stopped. I quit um, to just pursue playing poker, like just hustling. So you basically became like a professional, like that was mm. your livelihood, playing yeah. poker, yeah. essentially. And when you say professional, it doesn't necessarily make me like a very good, po- like very, very good poker player. Like being a successful poker player is about, um, you just have to be not the worst person on the table. That's <laughs> it. I like that. Is there a skill in knowing that and leaving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you can just read people. You know? Like sometimes you can. If you feel like you can't win at this table, you just walk away. Not that you can't win, but it's like negative EV. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's same for Fab. Let's say you're in a draft pod with like Hayden Dale, Philip <laughs> and like Roy and everyone, you know, you're going to be like, okay, would you rather be in this pod or would you rather be in a pod with like, Nobody's. Yeah, nobody's. Yeah, exactly. And then With they, b- they both have the same prize. That yeah, I you know understand. What I mean? what, like, that's oh. what I mean. Like you, you. It's probably a skill in and of itself is to know what your like how you mm. will perform or how you feel like you're performing and or being able to spot skill. Mm. Another hustler. Mm. <laughs> Where did you do most of your playing? Um, I started when I first started playing poker, and it had, uh, my friend brought me to a, like those pub tournaments. Mm-hmm. It's like would be like a thirty-five dollar entry. And first place wins $500 cash. So I played, uh, I think it was my second one. Um, I won it f- for first place. And I was like, wow, this is like playing FNM, except you win, you yeah. know, like money. I, I think like, I remember that when you first started doing that. Yeah, <laughs> you were putting them posts in our group chat way <laughs> yeah. back. Was it? Oh, yeah. wow, that's a long time ago. Huh? Yeah, it was a very long time yeah, ago. Yeah, it all started with that. And then you meet different people when playing these events and then you network and then you get information and you got to get, get into those private games and stuff Ooh. you know you know you because like it's usually by invite like for, from the for these games so you have to know the people right they're not gonna just like bring random randoms in is there a lot of those games going on around oh yeah there is a lot more than you think Oof. it's probably like one in this apartment Oh, for sure. <laughs> really? In this building? Yeah. Oh, there's some weird people yeah, in this building, probably. man. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. And they're running like every night of the week? Mm, I don't know. It depends on that. It depends on that. But like, I mean, across Sydney, you could find a private game every night of the week? Yep. Easy? Yep. 100%. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they're just run by typical person that runs a private game would be? Um, sometimes... Um, so <laughs> it's usually the the how do you how do you say it? Um it's like every game has like celebrities kinda kinda thing. Like Fab would be like, you know, the Fab celebrities, there'll be yep. like there's the chess celebrities, there's the mm-hmm. there's every, you know, like the, the good players, like the iconic people, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you, sometimes these people run the games because mm-hmm. like w- they have influence, so like people like come along, you yep. know. There's like um there's a Yu-Gi-Oh store in that's true, like near chromatic games too. And I believe the owner, like he won like a YCS like tournament, like first or something. And then- What does that mean? He, Is that a big poker yeah, tournament? Yeah, no, no, that's a big Yu-Gi-Oh tournament. Oh, a big Yu-Gi-Oh Yeah, tournament. and then right. like you gain a lot of respect and stuff. So like, yep. and then people will, will start following you in that. So 
Because like if you're a good player, people want to sure, follow sure. you. you know? Jiu-jitsu is like that. If you go win worlds, mm-hmm. you open a gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah, will come yeah. and train yeah, your like, gym um, first. So people would want to play Yu-Gi-Oh. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you if you win like be a champion or something, and then you open the gym, people are going to come. You know, that's like, always the ticket into mm-hmm. success. Yeah, is yes. go win something, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. if you want to be a coach, it's the better way. Mm-hmm, yeah. Get a reputation mm-hmm. first. Which I, I imagine like magic is the same. If you win some tournaments and you open a store, your store probably have a better competitive yes, scene than other ones. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. So how long were you doing the full-time poker playing before you morphed into running a game? Um, I think because it all started going to private games, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it was around like maybe the fifth or sixth time I go like, and I used to always go with my mate and then he was like, why don't we just do this? And then we're like, okay, we can try. And then it's like, have you ever watched Molly's game? No, no. what's that? It's, if you watch that movie, it's kind of like that. Right. Yeah. Um, then you understand, yeah. What um, movie? Molly's game. Mo- it's oh, it's, Molly's. A, mo- oh, it's yeah. a movie called Molly's game. Yeah, it's a mo- called Molly's game. If you watch that, then okay. I think you understand everything, I think. Is it like Rounders? That's the only poker movie mm, I know. Kind of. Uh, oh, kind of. I love Rounders. <laughs> Got to be one. Okay, of you the should probably watch it. Watch yeah. it then. Okay. Yeah. Um, ran that for about mm, two to three years, and then, but it's, it's such a degenerate lifestyle. Like, really? Because yeah, like the hours you're sleeping is like completely random. Sometimes you're like, like you haven't slept for a day, or like you're sleeping at six a.m. in the morning, or like you're waking up. At 6 p.m., you know. Like How long do these poker games go for? However long you want. <laughs> what, like, the, the, they'll play in a private game all night? Yeah, through yeah, the yeah. whole night? Yeah, through the morning, the next day. What's the longest running game you you held? Mm, 16 hours. Wow. Yeah. Do people come and go, or is that yeah, the same people group? people come and go, yeah. Oh, so that's just people coming and go on the same game. Mm, yeah. So it's not a tournament, when it takes all, it's just come in, play, lose, yeah. win, go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're staying when you're winning. Mm. Like, is a, is that are you more likely to stay longer because you're winning? Mm, not necessarily. There's something called a hit and run, which means like when you just you win and go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then um, that's not that's no good. You're probably not going to get invited ever again. Yeah. Yeah. See, how does that all work? <laughs> how do these gamblers toe the line between <laughs> well, there's, winning there's poker and etiquette losing? That's part yes. of poker. What is I, the etiquette? To I don't know. To me, I'm sure there is though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, varies i think um so usually it's got like you got a call time when you're gonna leave like maybe like an hour before right or two hours before so you gotta let everyone know yeah go, hey i'm leaving in two hours yeah but i don't think you can be like win a win a big hand and then if you're like hey guys i'm leaving in two hours right okay yeah, yeah. but see why not you know because mm. as, as someone that doesn't but then you're not going to get invited back that's why i understand yeah. but like if i if, if it goes all in eight ways and i fucking win mm. The chances of me winning more than that are unlikely. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> it's also like, you know. But yeah, it's if, not if, fair. And people are not going to like you. And when yeah. people not and when people don't like you, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get invited next time and stuff. Fair. So then your, it limits your, um, your, like word goes around your name, you know, your reputation is like, oh, he's a hidden runner. So then it's like no one wants to, wants right. to enter the game, you know. What's the atmosphere like on these tables? Is it jovial? Is it, is it you know super serious and no. people talking smack? It, yeah, it's a lot of banter. It's it's nothing. It's not not usually that serious. Okay, but like, unless you're playing like high stakes, then 
sometimes it gets pretty like it gets really serious in the hand and then when the hand's finished everyone's like oh back to normal <laughs> what's yeah. the most you ever won in a game mm. don't worry the tax office doesn't yeah oh yeah australia's <laughs> the gambling country like they don't tax yeah. and america they do i think That's yeah I they do like, when you win like let's say a us a big sports bet like you get taxed on it yeah and lotto you get taxed on lotto yeah. in america yeah. jeez yeah the gambling country australia <laughs> yes and no it's still very you can't you know casino license is insane mm. yeah but we, like america, we don't need you can open a casino like yeah but mm. we don't need casinos because there's a poker machine every five meters here yeah that's why true. the people in america love vegas because they see slot machines and when i'm there i just don't even turn my head at them because i we grow up they're around yeah, us really. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So twelve thousand. Is that what you yeah, were saying? Yeah, it was in Melbourne. It's not a bad day. Um, playing in Melbourne Crown. Yeah. What's the most you ever lost in a game? Most ever lost in a game was probably six k. Okay, mm-hmm. that's all right. Yeah. Then. So the stakes I was playing wasn't like really massive. Yeah. It was like five, five, ten, two, five, ten, two, one, two, two, three, two, five. Did you play a lot in casinos? Or just house games, or did you mix it? Like, yeah, how, how does it work? It. Yeah, because like you got to be actively like looking around, right? You okay, can't just be like staying in one spot. So you're playing in the casino, so you can get invited to house games. Are house games mm. generally better EV or casinos better? Uh house games are generally better EV because you get the more looser people <laughs> who are like you know drug dealers. <laughs> yeah. So all the sharks congregate in the casinos, and then you get all the. Mm. But how do the fish or whatever you call them? <laughs> what's the term that you call <laughs> someone like me that just rocks up to one of these games? I, I'll answer just <laughs> from what I, because I, I um, try to remember was it Dan Bilzerian or someone like that mm-hmm. trying to explain how he made fifty million playing poker because not everyone believes him. Yeah, it, it was not sure. He's made like allegedly made like seventy million in one day from one guy. Mm. The guy just wanted to play with a pro. <laughs> And he said, that's how you make money is there's the, the professional poker players that you see on TV, like Daniel Negreanu, mm. who's can't just rock up to a private game, although he gets, everyone wants him to come. Mm. <laughs> but then the, like what, what you'll probably find it. And this, I'm wanting you to correct me if I'm wrong is they try and get a whale or someone that has money or a few people that have mm-hmm. money that like to gamble mm-hmm. and some who want to play versus good players. Yes, yes, yes. So, yes. so you're in potentially invited as the good player mm-hmm. or as a dealer or something. But then like if someone has 500 million to them, mm-hmm. they lose $10,000, they still had a great day. Well, $10,000 for a good player mm-hmm. who's not worth hundreds of millions. Yeah, usually or, these whales, they would go to casinos and ask for like um, a private game to be mm. set up. And then- who do the casinos reach out to? Um, Is there a list? No, they don't, they don't need to because people they just say there's a game and then people know. Well, yeah. they just um, walk around, just announce it, or yeah, because they will. They're pl- sometimes they're playing on the main floor, like mm. just right. on on a table, like a bit further away from the others, and um, all the professionals will like jump in that game, right? And then there will be a lot of people that back them, like buy action. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'll, I'll give you like 50 grand and then but you give me this much percent of what oh, you yeah, win exactly you know is that yeah. other players or is there people there just watching to do that no 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 watching that's that, that's definitely you definitely have to know them and be on good terms with the okay. player to not just open yeah you know, right. openly no um yeah so there's people who buy action to, into this person and this person and then sometimes um 
sometimes they get unlucky and then the the whale wins and then yeah. it's bad. But most of the time, you know. Have you seen a whale win? Yeah, of course. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, anyone can win, right? Well, it's still kind of d- and they must love it, right? The way I can imagine <laughs> yeah. this fat greasy. Yeah, but that's why whale, they're doing it, right? They're like doing it for that rush. Their ego say. just yeah, exactly. Must go. Oh, I got the good play. I got him. You know, yeah, I, I got mean, the like, pros. You know, these, these guys think they, they know everything. They don't know me. You know. Yeah. Oh, I love it. But if <laughs> and, you see, and, and they won on like really low odds. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It happens all the time, and yeah. they love it. I think that they're probably just chasing after that feeling. That's what they're doing. You know yeah, I mean? that's right. Yeah, and they don't care if they lose. You know, I mean, they have the role. They have the money for it. You know, they're like lose. Okay, but. That one time I get them is like yes, I like to see the professional suffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen a whale lose so big? Yeah, yeah. Do they but get that's more, more common? Hmm? You probably see whales lose often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> do, do they get salty? Have you ever, or not really? They're just like eh, mm. whatever. Yeah, they're usually like pissed off their face. So, what's the most you've seen a whale lose? Mm, I don't know. Well. Um, different poker players have different crowds, right? Like different yeah. stakes. The stakes I was playing wasn't really that big, so like the, I don't, you know, I'm not getting the whales. I think you're thinking sure, about, sure. Like those, or but even in the casino, like in casino, um, I don't know those people. I just know that there's a game there. Okay, yeah, yeah gotcha. gotcha. On that level, <laughs> what made you quit that and get into a game store? Yeah, how did that? Yeah, because oh, yeah, back to that. It's like um, it's just such a fast-paced lifestyle, mm. you know, like. There's no like every day just difference. It's just so fast and everyone's a DJ. And then like I was just like one day I woke up and like oh, you know I just wanna let's open a game store. <laughs> it was actually um you know David Huang. Yes. Yeah. Um, cause he and I used to play he poker too. Oh, did yeah, he play yeah, poker? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I kind of drew him into it, and then he was he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah, is he? yeah. He's pretty good. So, and then um I think he brought his magic cards. <laughs> To one of the games, and then and then he's like, "Oh, magic! You should play magic again." And then I was like, mm, "Okay, yeah, it's fun." I, I tried it. It was actually, you know, I still like magic. Yeah, and then, um, that was when I started thinking about, "Hmm, is poker what I really want to do?" You know, he's like, "Then the next day I woke up, I was like, mm, fuck it, let's just do it." I have like no experience opening a business or like no. I used to. Well, I never worked in a game store either. Like. I applied for I think I think I applied for GamesCube like a long time ago when I was in high school, but you weren't the only one. <laughs> yeah, and that's a no. And I think good games too, but yeah, no answer. Um, it was it's kind of like a learn as I go thing. Like I was just how was it going? How long has it been but, open now? But Two you years? did no, op- one year. You one. opened at like. The worst time. Oh, yes, yes. Just before. That's why I respect you so much because, like, in a lot of ways, but you literally opened, what, like a month before the COVID outbreak? Uh, and the, the grand opening, the first day of opening was the first day of lockdown. Yeah. I could not believe it. I yeah. felt just so heartbroken for you that to see the effort that you know mm. we had talks and you know to see this thing just like literally just get chopped away at the knees mm. by the lockdowns it just lasted forever yeah how how, how did you mentally um mm. keep your did you go back to poker <laughs> no <laughs> did you how did you how, how did you bloody you know balls up and and, and get through all that oh. and come out the other end I don't know. It was kind of like just running into a train, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. like the, the lockdown is the train and then you're like walking on the tracks. <laughs> um, during lockdown, um, we'd 
I was doing like delivery services. So like people, would, some people would actually buy from the online store and then we'd do like local deliveries like of sleeves and singles and stuff. And just kind of just barely, you know, like still losing money, but yep. just staying alive, you know, staying alive. And then um, as the, you know, the restrictions and stuff started um, going off, then things started to, you know, get better. And then just hanging on, yeah, hanging on here and there. And yeah, it's an, it's, it's an up and down thing. Yeah. But there's growth. That's what I see. But you've built an amazing community across not only flesh and blood, other games as well. Yeah. That, um, so, yeah, I've been trying to get into other games, like learning how to play other games too, like Yu-Gi-Oh, mm. Pokemon, um, all those other other games. Because, like, you kind of – it's better if you know the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah cause definitely. Because like, when you don't know the game and then, like, the, that community comes in and then they can't really, like, talk to you about – They want to see you, know you know I mean? excited about their game. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's how you build yeah, a community. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like you're talking right. about the new Dory card and stuff and, then, and I don't even know what Flesh and Blood is. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. No, well, yeah. I, I had that issue with – Certain LGSs, mm. like if the staff, no one can talk to you about mm. it, or they talk shit about it. It's worse if they, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they are, it's a, that's a shit game. But you sold the product, you can't do that. But like your store's always like there's always different games going. What, what is um, is it Vanguard that they play? Uh, Vanguard and Weiss, Weiss yes. Sports. Yeah, that's a pretty popular game yeah. because um, uh, we, we ran the what they call it the BCS, which is kind of like. Mm, is it nationals like Fab Nationals for Weiss? Oh right, it's an f- official tournament mm. run by the company Bushy Road. Um, they they basically get pe- people in Australia who are like mm, I don't know, I'm not sure. I think I think they work for Bushy Road too, and then they like look for places to like run this tournament. And then um, one of the uh, people asked me, and then I was like, okay, awesome. And then yeah, we had like forty nine players for that event, and uh, that was pretty pretty good for a game that um, we've only like, really started to push like for about a month. Mm. Yeah. So are you happy with, <clears throat> since we come out of lockdown, like the direction of the store, like you really feel like you're building something? Yeah, you? yeah. It's 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 different because like mm, in the poker world, it's like, you know, like your money is like going up and down, up and down and um, you're not really, it's, it's not really about the money anymore. It's like, it's about building something. It's like I'm getting the satisfaction from seeing like this community grow, and it's like it's like this thing that I started, and it's uh, I'm seeing it grow. You know, I mean, like these people they come here every week and they play. Mm. You know, and then people meet new people, new friends, and that, and it's just different level of satisfaction. I think I just love your store. It's always clean. There's plenty of table space. You got lots of singles. The lighting, the painting. It's a very aesthetically pleasing place i think you've done a great job in a short amount of time it's definitely got its own style but that's what i like about lgs is that's what makes them cool every lgs has its own quirky way of doing things mm. um and i know like you have a real um affinity with competitive play right you're you're you, like before you open to you really want not that you don't welcome beginners but um you're definitely all about um rewarding the players that put in the time to advance their skills in the game and get good, um, you know, with the way you do your tournaments and stuff, is that something you still pursue? Uh, yeah, that was that was my um, idea from the beginning. But mm-hmm. then, like, I'm learning as I go, right? So uh, I tend to notice, you know, I sh- 
like I make mistakes and then I learn from them. Like, oh, it's not all about the you know competitive play and that, and you have to you have to cater to everyone. You know, as our LGS, you can't just be like, I like this game. I'm only going to support this game. Uh, only the com- only going to support the competitive players. Screw everyone else. You know, you, if, if you're thinking like that, then you're going to fail. Mm. Well, I think. Yeah, we were talking about it just before. You can't have, like, super competitive games aren't even fun to watch because, like, mm. you don't feel like you can aspire to do that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, StarCraft Two is a very hard game to watch unless mm. you play it. Yeah, exactly. Does it like make sense? Yeah, if you don't well, know what's going well, on. Well, League, you can watch it because, like, you'll see someone wombo mm. combo a whole team. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, two people kill five people because mm. they just line something up and it's fireworks, mm. but you can go, oh yeah, I could do that. I could do that with my buddy. We can like partner up and do it. But StarCraft 2 is like mm. all you. Yeah. you. You have to. Yeah. Same as why more people always watch poker than chess. Like chess, you mm. have to know chess to watch, to get mm. any joy out of watching yeah. it. Poker, you don't need to understand the rules mm. to notice someone lost a million dollars. Like <laughs> you don't have to, or one. Yeah, and it's also so simple to get into because you, it's not like, like TCGs where like, oh, you need to buy this deck or mm. that. You just rock up. Yeah, you know what I mean, you just have to have your money. You know, <laughs> with yeah. poker, yeah, for yeah. sure. So it's really I, easy I to think get into. too, it's it's I, you cannot rely on one. Like, if you own a store, mm. you should not be doing. You shouldn't be only picking games you like. You should cater to what you can. And mm-hmm. if you don't have the time, someone the, in the community will exactly. You so can it, find someone who's like, can, can you someone. run Weiss for me? Yeah. Pay them in product, give them a few booster packs. Because it's it's all passion and community. Like you said, that's the fun bit of the store. It's mm. friendships. And it's actually how you end up making money is when there's like loyalty that's not forced. People, mm. it's like churches rock up because it's Saturday night and mm. you run this event on Saturday night mm. and that's their, yeah, yeah, their ritual now. That's what they do on yeah, Saturday night. Their yeah. wife knows, their family knows. You know, but that's what yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. and it, it doesn't matter. Like someone else could be selling a mm. product 10% cheaper, but they it don't care. Matter. They'd rather pay you that because that's their tip or that's you know they want to build this even further mm-hmm. and you can't keep a shop open if people aren't that's why i'm a big believer if you go to a store and you're paying your 15 dollars entry into a tournament it always helps to just grab a can of drink with your entry or grab a bottle of water or grab a booster pack or just just something you know just that little bit yeah, I really appreciate everyone who does that to come comes into the store. Like it, mm. every bit, no matter how small it is, it it really actually helps. Yeah, yeah. Big well, especially there's more margin in like a Snickers bar than there is a booster pack, yeah. like on percentage. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, the, um, economically, there's not much money in a game store. Like oh, in yeah. the in the core of it, like mm. selling, like to make your full profit from set releases, mm. you need pallets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did the numbers. I'm like, so if there's not enough money, it's 20 bucks a case, th- 30 bucks a case, you make in profit or whatever. Mm. Like that's not enough. Yeah. And yes, you could put your prices up, but then you sort of have to justify it mm. somehow. Like you can maybe charge more for a draft mm. and make some money that way. But to really like make a livable wage off like selling sealed product, very fucking hard. Yeah. You do singles, which is, Funnily enough, it's crazy that that's like better than half the stores we go to that <laughs> don't have singles. I don't know how they survive. I don't know how they, how you... Mm. Are you the only store in Sydney that has a decent flesh and blood single collection? I think you are, right? Mm. In uh, Sydney, I don't think there's any other stores that have a big yeah. singles collection. 
Mm. I mean, technically, good games have flesh yeah. and blood singles. Yeah, but I mean, in store, mm. you can't oh, go to a good game to, store and. Oh, be, you have to order it. Yeah, yeah order. I'm talking it. in store. I can go to Chromatic Games and go. Okay, I want to build a Viz deck. Let Let's build a Vizorite deck. I've only got twenty percent of the cards. I'll go to Andy, get there an hour early, and buy the Delta. Play the deck. Um, I don't think there's any other stores you can do that in Sydney. I, I don't know of any. I don't like, know. Like, I know the good games ones generally don't have singles. Oh, yeah. Like, they might have a couple of slabs behind the counter. Here's the question, though. How do you do it as a store? Because mm. you uh, you seem to have singles. Like, I don't sell you singles, so you obviously buy them off the market or do people come in? Like, what's how do you actually acquire singles? How do you make money from them? Um, from fab singles or? Well, in general, but fab, like, related, yeah. Mm. For fab singles, um, sometimes I look look out on like the market pages and that, and try to see if anyone wants to, like, if if there are any good deals to pick up, you know, like, and I always try to pick up the cards that like people are gonna be using, because mm. some I think some people buy like collections and then there's like a bunch of like maybe like eighty percent of it is not gonna move for like the next few months, yeah, and you're only gonna move like a little bit of it, so like that's not really worth the time mm. for that collection, so. You got to be very careful on where you allocate the business funds. Yeah, or your money's just frozen in cardboard. Yeah, exactly. You can't pay rent with cardboard. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And just a side note, like Sydney must be Australia at large, but particularly Sydney must be one of the hardest pl- for our viewers, one of the hardest places in the world, and I I don't say this lightly, in the world to run a small business. Our rents in Sydney are seriously one of the highest in the world. The amount of red tape and bureaucracy there is attached to running a small business tax is crazy. Like legitimately running a small business in Australia is very hard. That's why our economy it plays in other areas in Australia, not really in the small business world, unfortunately, and particularly in Sydney. So for a young man like our friend Andy here to do that, get through COVID, in a very niche market, in an expensive part of Sydney, to be quite honest, it's, uh, yeah, you're doing well, man. I think you're doing really well. And you know what? Like, like, even though I don't think he deserves um, any of these accolades, I do want to, like, mention that, like, you know, the Dark Lord, like, you know, know, his um, metaphor like his sons you know what i mean like three of them now own game stores like out of our group that was like this was our home lgs for many many years you know three of them own game stores and one of them worked for lss Mm -hmm. like what's that telling you people out there that are running stores that have young kids coming like you know like late teens or early 20s and you're an older person you've been through it like really foster those young people and champion them like, if they want to go out and do their own things, like, don't get salty about it, um, really support them because, um, you know, when you're young and you're playing in these stores, you create such good memories and good feels that now people like Andy want to replicate that and open their own business. It's very inspiring. Mm. Um, yeah. On that note, Cube's moving. I still don't know where. Oh, yeah, I heard that too. Double the space, he yeah. said. Double the space? Wait, Double. As in Double the place. Still in para? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure where. I'm trying to find out. That could be good. I I just wish they had like like nationals was run at an LGS. Mm. Did you go to nationals? You were there. Fab nationals. Yeah, yeah. 
How horrible was it, man? Mm. You could have run a better event than that with your eyes closed and your hands tied behind your back. <laughs> uh, maybe you don't want to... Sh- I've shit-talked that event <laughs> enough. Do you like running events? Like, is that something you enjoy about owning LGS? Yeah, like, events, events yeah. running events, you enjoy that? Mm-hmm. The logistics and yeah, organising it and the timings mm-hmm. and... Yeah, and it's kind of like a challenge too. So it's fun because like coming into this with zero experience running events and that is like, is a learn as I go thing. But so. I think as a player, that you will always do it better than someone that's not, mm. that's doing it from a money perspective. Because yeah. you sort of know what you expect at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, like, yeah, exactly. You, you used to be, because I used to be a player too, right? So, well, I still am. But you still are. Um, You're quite a good fab player, by the way. Um. Like I was impressed because <laughs> when you were fairly new, so was I. Like you clearly picked up the game very well at a high level because you're playing ProQuest and doing well. Like, Oh, if Andy wasn't mm. running a store and he just played Fab 24-7, he'd be one of the best, mm. for sure. Mm. <laughs> Do it. It's 100K for Worlds, man. It's not too late. We'll get you a PTI. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you gotta, you got to be really dedicated and yes. really like, super good. But I don't think I'm super good. I don't think you're super good because you don't play enough. Mm. Like, I think you could be super good. You could be pretty damn good, I I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. So what about you got people working for you? Let's big shout. The reason why I say that, I know you have at least (laughs) one person. James, I love James. (laughs) James is like, oh my gosh. If Andy's the brain of um, the chromatic games, James is the heart. Okay, (laughs) He he really is. Uh, wild man. So, yeah, have you just got the James working for you, or you got multiple stars uh, at the moment? Just got James on because yeah. um, hi- hiring people for a small business is actually a really it's hard in Australia. Very high, Real high, high expense. You know, it's yeah. like if you're paying someone, for example, like I don't know, like five hundred a week or something. Like, how many like Snicker bars do you have to sell to like tank that? You know what I mean? Like yeah. every week, it's like it's, it's like you're losing, just losing money, right? But you need, and then labor just like put, puts more pressure onto that, and especially when the majority of LGS's events are outside of core business hours, mm. right? It's not like you, it's not like people that work for you are doing all the work during the nine to five. Mm. Like you have to pay them penalty rates, which is fair enough. Mm. But it's yeah, it's it's complicated. <laughs> so it is complicated. I don't envy you. Oh, well, I kind of do, but um. What running a store? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. W- he wants to run a store. Well, I've wanted to for a very long time. <laughs> you can run my store, but it's just never it's just <laughs> never been the. Would right you sell your store? Would I sell my store? Ooh. I know it's a weird question. I'm always curious. Mm. No, I'm not buying. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Like I mean, when you like this is you're still living your dream life right now. Is that how it feels? Yeah, like it's still yeah, what exactly. you want to be doing. Yeah. yeah. But maybe if someone offers the right number, and I'm mm. like, oh crap, maybe. But then you just open another game <laughs> exactly. store. Yeah, yeah maybe. You <laughs> Don't know sign another. Yeah, Andy would Andy would open up next door. <laughs> Literally next door. He'd call it Chromatic 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's the vision moving forward? What, how, what, 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 like, what's your one year, three year plan for Chromatic Games? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. When I got into this, I didn't really have a plan. It was just kind of like do it as I go kind of thing um, well the ultimate goal was just to have if the business could just maintain itself like be able to pay pay like you know two or three employees and just have the store running by itself without me operating then that's like that's already the dream I think you know what I mean it's just like you have a place I have a place 
that is of my own that I can play at mm. and I can get product and it's that and the business is maintaining itself so I don't need to commit like more of my time to um, run it so I can just do something else and enjoy it at the same time because when you're operating a store it's like you're not playing as much as you think you would have when you thought starting <laughs> in the beginning yeah right yeah you think you'll be playing more you're like oh yeah I'm going to be playing cards all, every day and this and that but mm, no nah. like you're more of slowly like not being able to play the games you know what I mean there's always something to be done when you own a business yeah there's always something mm. you can do yeah it never stops well if you want to do it well yeah, 100%. If you want to do it, you can play all yeah, day, can, but yeah. the business will fall apart. Yes, 100%. It won't be clean. Yeah. Bills won't be paid. Mm. Distributor won't send you stock. You know. It's like, should I pay the rent or should I get a cold foil tuning? <laughs> I've got That's a an easy of answer. <laughs> That's a very easy answer. <laughs> you get the tunic, then okay, bye-bye. Is Andy this. sitting on the sidewalk with a foreclosure sign? He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, my precious, my precious. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Man, tunics are expensive. Yeah. This is like the Rainbow Foil Full Art one mm. that I had one and I auctioned it and I should never have sold it because it's so hard to get one. Then there's like a gold. Like trying to collect tunics is the worst thing to get in. Don't. Get really? Into. Crap. I kind of started. There's so many to versions of the Rainbow Foil tuning. Yeah. Like I many of them or? Mm, I've got nine. Okay. Nine Rainbow yeah, Foil tunings. By the way, mm. that's the card for Fab. Mm hmm. It's not the heart. Like the most iconic card in mm, ten years yeah, will be the that's, tunic. That's I what believe. I think, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that's my. There's full art versions. It's a very powerful play piece mm. without being too powerful. Mm. Like any deck, any deck can run tunic. Yeah, and, and also I think I heard James White say something about him wanting tunic to be like always a core staple of flesh and blood and like always a viable option. Like that, that's how it feels like mm -hmm. it's designed. I don't think they're going to come out with a better version. Yeah, he doesn't want to like power creep it so that tunic becomes irrelevant. You know, I mean, he mm. always wants tunic to be a viable um, slot for the mm. chess piece. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, mm, you know, no, no, I'm on, I'm on board. Yeah, I, so I'm like, I believe mm, that. I, th too. I think I really think tunics are good. Get some white border ones, yeah. man. White border one. I'm not sure. They're about actually that. more. They yeah. cost more than the rainbow. Yeah, no, but yeah, what about the Krunik? No, that's okay too. Like what is that? Was that the problem with the Krunik? Is the that's what I've got. Mm. I run the crew. The first edition and the unlimited ones are like mm. the same card, even though crew first edition is like six times more expensive a box to open. Mm. But the tunic is not six times more. Um, I don't know if you how many of my videos you watch, but I opened one case mm. of, of WTR recently. Two tunics. Whoa. Oh, on wow. camera. <laughs> two tunics. <laughs> two tunics, two E strikes in the case. Insane case. I remember that box you opened that the yes. couple of box few We we opened open loose store. boxes. <laughs> A heart, heart tectonic playing, and three, three e strikes. I think three non foil e strikes and one foil e strike. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, it was like what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> I have some. The thing is, people think I'm very lucky, mm. but I just open a mm. hundred times more than the average person. So I hit the lucky things, mm -hmm, yeah, but yeah, in between, it's like poker. It's like it's just still luck. I mm. just play more hands. So I'm more likely mm, to see yeah. a pair of aces than you are because yeah, I play more yeah, hands. Yeah. So, but I post the two aces. You know what I, mean? yeah. <laughs> I post my quads. Yeah. I always post them. <laughs> but you have to play 10,000 hands mm. to see one. I just get there quicker than most people. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. What, um, what TCG seal product do you move the most out of the games that mm. you stock? At the moment, it's magic. What about singles? Singles, magic. 
Okay. That it's, doesn't surprise me. It's still me. the granddaddy, right? Yeah, it's still it's the still big the one. It's got the largest player base. Makes do you, you think so? I made a, a. I didn't make this opinion. I've been talking about this opinion. Um, to Larian Community College, because I don't mind getting into this a bit, because you you're, you play magic, you love magic, you definitely run it in your store. Um, to Larian Community College did a video on the 30 year uh, booster packs. Mm. He, he, he the, his, his line is 60 fake cards for $1,000, mm. right? I, as an outsider, I've never played Magic. But I've played with two of those free decks you get. You know, you're supposed to turn to a turn up to an event and you get the decks for free. It was in the middle of COVID and mm. I convinced Gamescube to give me the decks and mm. tried to play it. And it's hard to work out to play with the decks alone. That was the only experience I've ever had in Magic. It feels like to me as an outsider that this 30-year bullshit might kill the game in the long run. The sentiment. Like, seems like Wizard of the Coast have lost players here and there because you meet a lot of the lost people in Fab. Mm -hmm. Like, the people that, you know, they left Magic for Fab. You meet people that play both. Mm -hmm. But very after this 30-year thing has the noise from it, like the amount of people you hear complaining... It's way more than I've heard before. Everyone can play Magic all the time, but they still play it. Like they play their chosen format or whatever. Do you feel like there's, like from a store owner, do you see any of that or are the numbers great? Like you just, no mm. difference. I just feel like they're, like Wizards is like trying to move to like a different, to cater to a different market, I think. Mm. Like, mm, you like mean like high-end collectors? Not necessarily, but like more of the casual like general public you know like make it mm, and explain it commander yeah can I tell me if I'm right you're trying to say the die hard flesh uh, magic player that's been playing since 93 mm. feels insulted by these packs because you know reserve list and he owns an alpha lotus and like why are mm. they doing it but you're saying magic are catering to people that never had the chance to do that. Like a 16 year old now might look at this and go, you know, what? I'm going to spend my thousand dollars for Christmas on this pack and hopefully hit something that I can't afford to hit otherwise. Yeah. But it's a proxy. I know, but it's the only way you're ever going to, it's like, okay, let's put it in this. How would we feel legitimately if flesh and blood went, uh, 10 year anniversary kit, you can buy alpha WTR packs with, Fake backs, mm -hmm. but you can hit a cold foil heart. A real one. Yeah, but it's a proxy. You know, it's not tournament. Not a real oh, one. So, oh, you can hit up. No, no, but it's still a cold foil mm -hmm. heart. Like they go back, as I said, they'll never reprint cold foils, but they go, no, no, these are going to have promo on the bottom. On the back, it's going to have flesh and blood 10 year I, anniversary, yeah. but because the back is different, you can't shuffle them together. It's not. Yeah, like, how would we actually feel? Look, I don't think that's a, that's a, that, I don't know if I like that analogy. The way I think about, this Magic 30, mm. it's not going to destroy the game, okay? It's just, it's, it's just not. Are they going to lose a percentage of their player base? Sure. 0.5% maybe? 1%? For those that were already teetering, right? For people that were already like questioning Hasbro's decisions, what's his decisions over the last couple of years, maybe this is the straw that broke the camel's back, okay? Sentiment is important. But remember... You know, there's four or five different groups of people that love magic, you know, and the the first group that comes to mind are people that just have no idea what's going on. They never look at content. 
They literally yeah. couldn't even tell you what fucking magic content is. They couldn't even tell you anything about this magic 30. They would have no idea. And they're just sweet to play arena every day or play in their commander pods once a week. And they just literally couldn't give a shit. They, or they don't know. They literally don't, they don't know what's going on. And then you've got the other group that's just in total denial. They just think magic is exactly the same it was in 2012. They just literally are in total denial about everything. And I know some people like this. They st- they just are in so much denial. Then you've got the people that like, it's like almost like they're in an abusive a relationship with a significant other. So every time Wizards comes out with some poor, poor, you know, decision that they've been doing over the last five years, six years, these people just cop it on the chin, go, oh, that hurt, but I still love you. And they just run back to the, you know, the the ex or the partner that's just smacking them across the face. You know, they're just like, uh, it'll be better. You know, trust, you know, what's he's like, trust me, it'll I'll be change. better. I'm you different. know, I'll change, I'm different. You know, it was just once off, it'll never happen again. And then it fucking happens again. And that person scurries away and then comes back and, you know, and what's he's there going, oh, it'll never happen again but it keeps fucking yeah, but happening this, but this is, that's exactly what i'm and, touching and, on but then you've got one more group like me you know that still loves magic like it was my everything about it but i just know that it's never going to go back never i know that the company completely changed their whole business model concept culture Everything about it from the top down, inside out, the way they distribute, sell. Man, they sell fucking singles, okay? They sell direct-to-market through Amazon and they sell singles. I don't even need to say anything more, okay? Really, but I don't. Is, but this is... We're agreeing here. Yeah. Because that's, that's so but it's not going to collapse. That's what I'm no, saying. No, it's not going to collapse. What, I'm, what, I, what I see is this is the peak of all of this happening. Like, again, I haven't experienced it because I don't have any passion for magic. Just the way people are talking about magic. We were complaining about too many set releases a year ago. When I started looking into fab, I was also around magic a lot because that seems to be the way it is. It's a similar crowd. People were already complaining that. Now they're complaining more. Now they're pointing out that there's been more than one. There's been, on average, a secretly every week or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's been like more than fifty-two six. No, no, but the, but it's culminating. It's yeah. it's it's actually peaking. Like they didn't go. All right, we're doing fifty-two secret layers a year and just kept it there. Yeah. It's like now they also want a thousand dollars for this booster pack, and I think that like that's pushing people from those categories out. Yeah. Do, do you get what I mean? But like there's people that have been apologizing or have been apolo- um, apologists for wizards that are now not. Like in our own group yeah. as well. We had a new player recently. Sold his whole collection like overnight. He came, played Fab with us once. He's like, man, I'm selling my magic collection because the community shit and I'm sick of having to buy so many products. I'm just going to sink some money to Dynasty. Like I haven't seen it at that level before. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I wanted to sell my magic collection two years before I even played Fab. Mm. But then six months, nine months after playing Fab, that was enough of a motivator to me. I'm like, I haven't touched these cards in two and a half years. Now I'm going to sell out. But I always wanted to sell before the fact, but Fab was just like, yeah, I'm never going back. So I might as well just get rid of them. So I know I asked you the question. I've got James White on the channel in a few days. Um, That's what I want to ask him. I definitely want to hear what he thinks. Because he's, I think he, his company is, 
partially getting some growth because of Wizards doing what they're doing because mm. he's trying to emulate... I don't think he's trying to emulate magic because he also has a background in, in Yu-Gi-Oh! and other games. And There's a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! people in LSS. I think he's just trying to emulate the, the golden era of card games. That's what he's trying to do is keep it... Um, His fond memories. Yeah. Yeah, but what works? They're fond because it worked. Yeah. It's when the, you had the most players and the biggest competitive circuit and he's trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I can't wait to see, like, I mean, we saw him at Pro Tour 1. He was like, <laughs> he was like a madman. He, he couldn't walk a meter without getting, like, <laughs> mobbed by people for autographs. Oh. <laughs> they wouldn't leave him alone. World is going to be nuts. And World is going to be You're absolutely going, nuts. right? We're both going, yeah. yeah. He's playing. I'm just going to go play the calling, okay. um, hang out with people. Is anyone from Chromatic going over? Mm. Valentine or anyone? No, Valentine said he's, he's. I don't think he's going. Okay. Um, it's is it because I beat him in France? Is that why he's not going? Oh, you beat him in France? Yeah. Oh, in one of the rounds. Mm. Oh. Oof, that's okay. rough. And and at nationals, I faced him. I went, dude. We why do we have to travel and play against each other? Dream crush. <laughs> so what? What do you? What would you? As a store owner, okay, because we, we don't have a lot of store owners on this pod. What would you like to see? from LSS that would help you as a store owner over the next 12 to 24 months? Good question. Like, what what would you like to say? I'll literally ask James White. Yeah, there's... What would you ask him? Like, if you had... Yeah, if James White was right here and he just said... What would you want? What would you want that would help you succeed? I feel like there's not enough um, products that really show what flesh and blood really is. Like, the Blitz decks, like, a lot of um, new players have just gotten into the game because of buying because they bought the blitz deck to try with their partner it doesn't even get you there. close to playing yeah, yeah that's what i feel like it kind of gives them like a trial edition like you know of game it's mm. just it's not like the full experience so then it's like well a good example is droma has no invokes in it no dragons zero mm. like that's a weird thing because yeah, the, <laughs> the it's like the dragon mm. mummy character with no dragons yeah because the uh the first deck I played w- when I started learning Flesh and Blood was the Bolton Blitz deck. Yes, and same. It was so confusing to me. I don't know, like what? It's very what? confusing. Yeah, I, I was like, "What the hell is this game? This game sucks." And where is the soul? Yeah, I no, love no. that Bolton Blitz deck. Yeah, no, yeah. no, but you need so that you need someone to really talk you through it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. not imp- it, it, man because Grace and I played it when we we got the all four of the Monarch ones. Mm. Man, I couldn't work out like Light and Shadow and Banish. Banish was easy because the the thing says banished, yeah. but then soul <laughs> didn't tell. It's like put this underneath your hero card, and what does it even mean? It's a new zone. Yeah, it was when uh, Yazi and his mate first came to Chromatic to play our first ever armory. I never played Flesh and Blood before, and then well, I, I did with the Bolton Blitz deck, mm. but then I kind of like quit. And then um, his mate gave me his Ira deck, right? And he was playing Kano, <laughs> so he told me to join 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 the armory, you know, just to give it a try in that. And then I get paired up against him round one, and then he 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 doesn't have null rune in the in the Ira deck, yeah. So he's versing me as he's Kano. a smart guy. Yeah, and, and, and then he, I, I'm like attacking. Oh, I like this, this. I like this hero. This, this hero. I don't like mm. flesh and blood is very fun. <laughs> yeah, like and then um, but then he started attacking me with like you know arcane, and then I was like, okay. He's like, oh, you can't block it. And I was like, what the hell is wrong? <laughs> this game's stupid. <laughs> and I just die. I just lose. I'm like, okay. Die. So, so what you'd want to see from LSS 
is what some sort of product or something that can mm. showcase. I think the classic battles is the closest to that right now, mm. but it's also there's one product. It's a little bit overpriced, and it, you can only get Warrior Rhino. Like there's no. Yeah, there's but like when you buy the classic battles deck, yeah, can you transition from that into like a competitive classic constructed I, I straight away? Like classic constructed? No. Mm. So actually, one of my questions on the list is: When are we getting a classic constructed? Classic battle. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I, I want to like see. Um, ima- imagine Prism, Chain, mm. Adult, new versions. Mm. Or even if the set came as the two decks, a Blitz, and then here are the 40 cards you put in or whatever, however mm. many cards. Like you just put them into play CC. I feel like the, um, in, in Magic, they're bringing out things like Challenger decks. Mm. It's like um, if there was an equivalent in Flesh and Blood, it would be like a pre-constructed CC deck of like maybe... Mm, Katsu or something, yeah. Sure. And then in the, it would give you like one command and conquer in the, yeah, in the box, and then gives you, gives you the full build like with the sideboard and everything, like yep. ready to go. Okay. And like you can up, like you. It's you easy to upgrade. Yeah, exactly. You say, oh, you need to get uh two more command and conquers. You need to, you know, or you need to upgrade the helmet, mm. something like that. You know, like something to like just get people into the game like straight away. They, they can walk in on a Friday and armory and just say, oh, I'm gonna pick this up and I can play. Yeah, you know, I I, th- I think we've talked about this at length when we drive up to Blood Rush. Th- it's very, I think it's very hard to do that. So either you make a proper Dory deck mm. with all the legendaries and all the majestics in it. So yeah, I could take it straight to a skirmish or blitz armory and it'll perform well. But then every player that had to crack boxes to get those cards is going to feel a bit salty that it's a $50 deck versus... The classic battles have like cracked bobbles in the deck where there's no way you can just play that deck. But I still think it's close. Have you tried the classic battle decks in an armory? Um, no, I have not. Yeah, they, they work. Oh, yeah? At least you have a full set of armor, you have a defense reaction and an instant in every deck. Mm-hmm. So at least it teaches you that. Um, and I think it's up to content creators to then make an upgrade guide. We just don't have very many good ones doing that. Like... Like the minute, like I wish LSS would contact the content creators early and go, here's the deck coming out. Our suggestion officially is these 10 cards to upgrade. Like they, if they did all the work and then the content creators could go make guides on it, it would help. Because Sloop Dupe was telling me like his, he's done a lot of these, he did it for the Uprising Blitz decks. He's got an insane amount of views, especially every time like a big content creator talks about Flesh and Blood, his video gets like 500 views because people go, I want to buy this Dromai Blitz deck, but how do I get it into a real playable deck? We just don't have enough of that content. I think Fab's still on the smaller scale. Like, there's not enough incentive for... Like, I don't make... I'm lucky I make a couple hundred bucks a month from my channel because I, like, guilt people into paying $2 a month to be members. You know what I mean? But, like, it would be insane to try and get that to, like, 2000 a month or something to make it, like... Hmm. I could put 10 hours into each video to edit. Like I don't spend time. Do you know what I mean? Like there's nowhere big enough to get good content. Like I'm not saying we don't have good content. I'm saying that's a content problem Mm -hmm. too is a very easy to follow guide. And what you mentioned before is super fucking hard to buy singles. Like you can't go to one place, put a list in, go buy. That's the thing. Like I do think that you do make a good point, Andy, about that product. The only problem is with a product like that, there really is that fine line between uh, keeping the game as a as a TCG and moving it into that 
living card game status because if you can just sell, if LSS just sells predefined decks with that the are chase really squads good. that are really good, that that's all a player needs, then well, that player's not really going to buy sealed product. At best, they might buy a few singles. Um, it's just, I'm not saying it's, it's not a good idea, and you probably can do it, mm. but you'd have to really put a lot of thought into it as to not stuff up the whole ecosystem. Because I think if you go like a little... Well, the minute you put a Command and Conquer in one of those decks, you can see the problem. You can see people going, my Command and Conquer's been yeah, going to be worthless. Yeah, but you put like a whiteboard one inside or something. I'm not, I'm not even saying it shouldn't happen. I'm mm. saying people will complain. I think that's yeah. what they're weird. Like, but people are always going to complain. Any other ideas? Uh, no, no, like by the way, it's a very fucking good question. Like that's mm. something I already have on the list about com- like the constructed one. Because mm. that's, yes, also on the same note, it's a very good question for revenue for a store. Okay, you sell the set release products, but these middle products that come between sets, like classic battles, like new blitz decks, are very important to keep your like your customers' wallets open. Because if you only get three sets a year, and that's when the majority of the spending happens, where are the other products to keep you going? Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because the classic battle was a good middle of the product launch mm-hmm. cycle product you had some pre-orders you sell some it's not i know it's not huge money but it still brings revenue mm. um you know accessories even mm. even like the playmats in the u.s they get the actual sealed playmats like in a cardboard yeah, thing. and the uh, dragon shield fab sleeves and stuff yeah you can't get them oh i can yeah yeah but again more like where's the dory ones like if they were mm. on a, a quicker cycle yeah well know. that's why hasbro's releasing so many sets you know because <laughs> like every time they release sets they, they see they make money. They're like, okay, let's just keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> but again, there's you can't do it too much. Well, you can't, it's a public company. They're just yeah. going to push the envelope. It's unsustainable. They know that. Yeah, yeah no, but that's that they're going to keep going until the market tells them that it's unsustainable. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be the first ones to initiate. I think I made this comment on this pod. Is this just someone's Christmas bonus that causes these problems? Yeah. Yeah. It's usually some fucking exec going, you know what? We just need another 5 million in revenue and I get a... $100,000 check. Like, that's what it is because I was in sales all my life and I hate it. Like, you'll have all these great mutually beneficial deals but then your manager's like, yeah, but we need an extra 100 k because then we get this and that and bonus mm-hmm. and we hit the, we beat last year. Then suddenly people are lying and cheating and stealing mm-hmm. to make that last 100 k happen. Everyone's just trying to get paid. Yeah. And just but, it, but it always causes bad business. Like Like you said, if the store was just about the money, mm-hmm. it's very different to you going, mm-hmm. no, no, the main thing is the community building. That'll always result in, I think, more money long-term, mm-hmm. more sustainable, and you will, you'll be less stressed if you're enjoying it. Mm. Or you, if all you were doing was milking it for every dollar you can get, <laughs> you, you will usually milk it at the detriment of the community because you'll you know, charge too much. And mm. What do you think of the OP system uh, with Flesh and Blood? So let, let's compare it. We say what Magic's doing with FNM what LSS does with Armory Kits, you know, ProQuests, Magic's doing something, whatever. Like, wh- how do you find the whole, you know, OP support that you get as a LGS? I think it's, it's what they're doing is really good. Because um, when I went to my first ProQuest, it actually gave me the the same nostalgia I had when I was playing competitive MTG. Like, that same feeling, you know. But, like, at right now, Magic doesn't really, has kind of lost it's touch for that and fab's kind of like a lot of actually um a lot of mtg people who have got into fab in my store um they are chasing after that feeling too mm. that feeling of nostalgia nostalgic 
um, competitive TCG tournaments and that, you know, with like good prizes. <coughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of people who are looking for this or joining Fab for this specific reason. Mm. So have you seen like recently an uptick in people from Magic mm. coming to Fab? Mm. I feel like it's like wa- waves. Some, like uh, uh, at one point, I felt like when Mad- when Fab got more popular, like more people started coming to the store for Fab, less people started going coming to the store for Magic. And then sometimes when Magic is going up, Fab's kind of like, you know, settled down. And then... It's up and down. Yeah. It's like I think Fab has been on a bit of a down. Mm. Like Uprising, there was a lot of hype. Mm. I think it's been quieter. Mm. Obviously, all the competitive players, world's coming up, there's that hype, but that's 1% of the player base, mm. if that. Everyone else is just waiting for a new set, waiting for new skirmishes. Mm-hmm. So usually, if you play both games, like I haven't wanted to play Fab in a while. Mm-hmm. I just don't play Magic. But if I did, I'd probably be playing Magic because I don't want to play Fab right now. I, don't, I think that's healthy, the ebbs and flows. It's losing people completely that's bad. People will always play more than one game. Like if you if you sell PC games, Xbox games, you can't expect them to play one. Mm-hmm. Not so everyone though. Like I don't play more than one game. I don't have time. Sure, but I'm saying like you can't expect it's not it's not necessarily a win if they only play your game. There's nothing yeah. wrong with them playing. Oh no, not at yeah. all. If you've got the time and the means, yeah. um you go for it. M- m- playing multiple games is good. But have um, you tried Talishot? Oh yeah. What do you think? Um, it's good. Yeah, it's good. But um, it's definitely good for the practice. But I feel like um, are people like playing Talishar instead <laughs> of going to armories now? Or, I, I brought know? this up. Who knows? But I think it's a moot point now. Mm-hmm. It exists. And I think it will probably do more good than harm. I'm, I think there is some harm. Mm. I think I don't think you look at it and go, there's no harm. Because I do think... If you never win your local armory, you might just be tempted to play at home instead of go mm. and actually get better. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're losing the community and the yeah. and the friendships and mm. the actual social interaction. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think there'll be some people that will fall under that. But then you've got all these players that like go into worlds that maybe are a bit remote. Their local scene is not even competitive, you know. Mm. They really need a tool. Like it'll only make the game better. And I think if you had to talk to an MTG mate, who wants to play Ira, but they're pretty good card game player, you're mm-hmm. better off sending them to Talishar with a FabDB deck list than mm-hmm. you are yeah. um, giving them an Ira starter deck and go to an Armory. Mm. Like the experience, they'll go on Talishar, they can play a few rounds, spend no money and go, okay, all right, I need to buy a mask and a tunic, you know what I mean? Well, I think there has been an uptick in, not, not talking about Sydney, I'm talking mm. worldwide in Fab. We see that with... You know, we can see that with our views. We can see that with what the Talarian Community College, mm. you know, it's building, right? And I've noticed it on Talishar. The last week I've played against maybe three or four people that have either had, it's been their first ever game of Flesh and Blood or they've yep. played less than three. So somewhere between zero to three games mm. ever. They've never played a paper game. Here's the thing, That's right? happened four times in the last Here's week. The thing. I'd never seen that before. I'll tell like I'll be very blunt. If the first experience I had was on Talishar with Flesh and Blood, I would never play it. Really? And the reason I played it was I met some fucking cool people. <laughs> that, that doesn't make sense. Mm. And that's the danger. Is if you jump on like I think it's both ways. I think some people will jump on Talishar as their first experience and go, I like this game. 
now I'll spend money. <laughs> but the flesh and blood thing is what actually sells the game. Do you know what I mean? Like turning up to an armory, yeah. Learn, but also having someone teach you, show you. But yeah, the guy that I was playing against, he he he, I could tell like literally this game went for an hour and a half. He was on fire. <laughs> okay, I was on right. I went for an hour and a half because it was basically a tutoring session. Yeah, like the chat was just filled. Perfect. And this person was basically they didn't want to go to an armory without playing. So they, they literally would mm. rather take their licks on Talishar than go to an armory and not have to, probably a bit insecure, didn't really want to ask people how to do it or whatever pride. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Anyway. And like, you definitely don't want to turn up and just get smashed. Every every turn I was saying, no, take that back. <laughs> do this. Pitch that. No, <laughs> why are you doing that? Like I literally spent an hour and a half yep. teaching this person how to play fab. Vitalisha. Didn't know I don't know who they are. They were just an anonymous account. Player one, yeah. At first I thought it was a troll. Like I literally thought it was a troll in the first ten minutes. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck's going on here? But then I realised that no, this person's never played a game of flesh and blood. And I said, What the hell? And they'd only just watched the video, the on the on the YouTube, on the Fab yep. YouTube, and then they just boom Talisha. They'd yep. watched a bit of content. See, this is this is why um I don't know, it's the sales this the sales expert in me. You get all these people on Talisha. Where do those leads go? That's why I think Fab needs to step in very heavy and do something about it. In the sense of they should partner with them officially, or buy them, or hire them, and go look. Every new player, like everyone, has to register. None of this play with no username bullshit, right? Because you need an email address. You need to be able to contact them. If it's their first game ever. Are you a new player? Yes. Give them a little new player badge. So us experienced players know, oh, this person has a little green leaf. They're new, right? Mm. Like you need to you need to protect those people because when they come in the store, you'll protect them. You're the owner. You're more likely to make sure their experience is good. What you don't want is this funnel of internet, like trolls, people talking shit. Ah, oh, fucking hurry up but out of anonymity. I don't think you wouldn't tell us, like, no, no, But what I'm saying is I just, I just feel like Talishar being the way it is right now is not a better way to introduce people to the game than me with the classic battle deck one on one because that's how it's designed. But but you can't delete things like Talishar. People just go back to TTS. People want to play online. Mm. They need it in today's age. I mean, if COVID hits again or something like that, how much better would COVID be if we had Talishar? Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, do you know how much? Do you know oh. how, how good I would be at Fab yeah. if it happened during COVID? Mm. <laughs> like, if I had Talishar during COVID. But th- but I'm saying is, and they're doing a great job. It's just that like a part time project. I just want to see Talishar fine tuned and, and specifically focus on new people coming in. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Whether it's recommending deck lists officially, whether it's suggesting your local store that's been vetted and you know they have a learn to play event. Like you can tie all that. It's all data. It's very easy to do. You can easily marry up the gem system. You can marry up your local store, you can, if they register and they verify with a phone number, send them a starter deck. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, your lo- like, if you're a local store and Fab, uh, sorry, Talisha sent you leads, sent you these 10 new players played and they're all within a kilometer of you, mm. wouldn't you send them a, like a welcome? The mm. least you'll do is send them a fucking letter. Mm. Go, hey, we have a learn to play event coming and here's your little Ira deck. It's Ira. Like you would do that. Yeah, that's all the marketing and information. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what I want to see. I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not, I don't think it's bad or good. I think you could do so much good if you do it Mm. right. And it's a wasted opportunity if you just ignore it. 
Yeah, because a depends lot depends on what James White wants to do. Because he said he just wants this game to be played in the flesh and blood. Like he does, I think someone asked so him in a, a question about like, oh, are you gonna ever make a MTG arena for <laughs> no, no, flesh so and blood? And he said, fuck that. They're two different things. Yeah. He does not want any of the. Uh, my understanding is no money, no tournaments. He doesn't want to sell packs online. None of that, right? Mm. But I know for a fact he's investigated building an app for flesh and blood. Because it's a great recruitment tool. Like if you had the Ira Welcome deck where I could get you to download it on your phone and we play, we dueled, mm. it's a perfect way to introduce someone True. to the game. Yeah. You don't always have a deck on you. Mm. It's still in the flesh and blood. So yeah. why not? Mm. Talishar is the same. If it just brings people in. Like listen, if there's no prize, we already talked about this. If there's no prizing, there's no social, you'll only play Talishar for so long. Mm. On its own, it's pretty boring. It's just a way to get better at the game. It's just a way to test. Yeah, or just get reps in. Just player, get reps in, actually. Smoothening the transition from that into into a store. Like you said, it's people with social issues, people with disabilities, people with um, bad experiences from Magic that don't want to turn up. Like, they're the people you want to just use that as a funnel. Mm. Even if all you're doing is recommending they buy a product at the end of each game, like, anything that helps LSS grow would be good. Mm, yeah, I've, I've heard from, from some players who are interested in getting into flesh and blood that they're like you know are they afraid that when they get into the game it's going to be like all serious it's going to be you know it's like oh if i'm playing this budget deck or something if i'm playing too slow or something yeah. you know that's the fear because it's a one-on-one thing mm. that's why commander's so big is there's less pressure because mm. you're in a you're in a group mm, yeah. it's that one-on-one duel which mm. is very fun with flesh and blood but also puts pressure on people mm. Especially if it's like your first experience is a skirmish, people really want to win. Mm. I, I think if you're, I know that yeah. you're onto it, but I think like really, you know, PSA for all LGS mm. owners, like if any of your armories have that vibe where people serious. are taking it so serious that they're pressuring people to play quick, they're belittling people from playing janky decks, or they're, you know, making it a bad experience for someone that has like mm. zero to 12 weeks experience mm. in the game you need to sort that out yeah. and change the culture it's like, up to like, the owners to like be very armories are meant to be a place where people can just come and fuck around right you get a price short play a strong deck as you get better level up get better get your xp i'm not saying any of that but mm. really that at the end of the day that is the lowest mm. tier of it's organized play casual in the in 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 the in the in the pyramid, I remember this is the first thing I noticed lowest. about Hayden because I knew he was a very good player, like from the internet. <laughs> See him at RC Crew, and he's playing Reiner, mm. and I knew Reiner wasn't good, but I really respected that he's playing. He's at an armory. He's not there to just crush it. Mm. You know what I mean? Because at the point, I I thought he was invincible. Like there's no way he can. This kid drops a game. You know what I mean? But he's playing Reiner, and he lost. He you know lost that armory. He didn't win it, and that like. And he's in a pretty mm. competitive armory, but that's a good thing. You don't want to always listen. Play your best deck. That's not the what we're. No, that's but what we're saying. But definitely, the owners should be very aware. Of, like, if you have got a new player, make sure the experience is good. Mm. Yeah, I think the Fab community is by and large great. is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I've heard some stories. Have anxiety about it. People do have. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm. exactly. Exactly. Which again, Talishar is a great thing for that because mm. at least you will show you priorities and when to play a reaction. Like it helps. <laughs> but then when you're too slow, when I first started Talishan, I was like <laughs> trying to work up the controls. I'm like, what is not working? Yeah. yeah. And then other guys like, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> See, this yeah, is- Yeah, that annoys me with No, no but I think Talishan should, the easy way to fix that is the competitive. Like, mm. to be honest, if you, if you don't, like 
if it's not a competitive labeled game, you should shut the fuck up. Mm. Like that's how I see it. Like if I joined a random CC game and the guy's playing slow, it's annoying, but I never say anything. If I've clicked into your competitive game mm. and you're playing jank or you're playing, I'll call you out. I, and I have, because it's my name too. It says fluke. Like it's not, I'm well, not I'm trying not to- paid into you? I don't play that much. I don't play a lot either. Like I still much prefer to play on paper. Like I'm, I'm, if I was playing Worlds, I'd be on Talisha five hours a day, but I'm not playing Worlds, mm. so it's whatever. But I well, think- I am and I should be playing five hours a day, but <laughs> you don't I'm, have five I, hours. I'm playing like two or three <laughs> games a day. But, but that's what it's good for because you don't have to drive across town. You can be home. You can make dinner. You can do what you need to do. And then at 11 p.m. when there's no armories, you can play a couple of games, which is, I think, what it's good for. What yeah. it's, it's in a, I think it would be the biggest catalyst for growth for LSS. If LSS just do what they're doing, this will increase their growth by a double-digit percentage. They, I just hope they they partner with it properly. They use it properly. One thing I oh – I go on about this every episode. I know it pains some of the listeners here at – I need to ask you, Andy, Dynasty, I'm very pumped for the set. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to change the metagame, all the rest of it. But I wish it was a draftable set. Okay, I really do. You're the only one. I really <laughs> do. Like, I think it's good for the LGS. I think it's good for LSS. I think it's good for everyone. It sells. I just think it's amazing pre-release, all that stuff. From your perspective, would you prefer a draftable set or a subset? Like, do you mm. see the numbers? Like, does it even matter? Am I just like jumping at shadows here? Is it because you feel like you've been drafting uprising for ages now? Yeah, and it feels like the store will sell more sealed product if it's draftable or, or am I just- I think there's a better way to ask this. How did Everfest launch go for you? Yeah. Um, As a business. During, I think that during the Everfest time, that was- when Fab was really peaking, I think. Well, my, wh- the reason I ask, we've only had three subsets. This will be the third one. Mm. We've had Crew, mm. which catapulted the game. Like, that's when the game really started taking off and then Monarch just went, like, really started. But Crew changed. Anyway, um, Crew, Everfest was huge. The problem with Everfest now is if you still have stock, there's no good cards in it. Mm. Like the potions were hit and miss. Maybe they'll eventually be very good, but they still are not heavily used. Is Unlimited coming out? No. 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 Starvo is gone. Mm. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And then the Fable itself sees very little play. I think it's a Valda. Like it'll be very good on Valda, but Valda doesn't even have a specialization. It's Blitz only. The set itself, if you look at the EV, is very low. Mm. Very, very low. Because Starvo is like the sexiest card in the set and it's already LL. But if that wasn't the case, I think it'd still be one of the most popular sets to buy. Because if you think of any competitive deck right now, any play cards from Everfest. Mm. They don't all play necessarily cards from WTR. I think that's... It, it can't be a draft set because you, you have to have the balance. But Yeah, I know it can't be a draft set. I'm just saying from... I want to know from Andy's point of yeah. view, would you prefer uh, a, a flat, like a draftable set for your store for release, you know, or, or are you fine with these subsets? Like, is that is that, a, is that good enough revenue-wise and do you think you'll get an increased turnover? Like, you well, can't if you're talking about p- numbers, like 100%, then... If they release a draft product and a supplementary product, obviously it'll be higher. But I think if they just released a supplementary set, um, that will spice up 
constructed formats, right? So mm. constructed will get more popular, well, and then the game will, you know, and then you'll sell more singles. You'll and be then the hype I was gonna say maybe yeah. that's one yeah, way to maybe. look at it is you maybe stores should look at cracking more subsets to yeah. get the singles out because most people will not. Most people that would only buy singles if they could, it's when the subset comes out. Yeah, they don't. They're not going to buy into drafts or anything, so they have to either buy product or singles. So they, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we got most of our cards from just drafting so much. Like I'm not like you'll need majestics and legendaries for sure, but every common and rare that you ever wanted, you're going to get from drafting for a few weeks. And yeah. even you usually get a, a couple of the majestics. Yeah, and you'll hit a re- like if you draft enough, you hit a legendary. I hit a legendary in Pro Tour. Great. Mm. <laughs> like it's free, you know, mm-hmm. but um, but I guess well, did Everfest singles? Do you remember that being a big impact mm. compared to like tails? Because um, my store just kind of started getting into flesh and blood singles, like a little bit after F- the Everfest, like, okay. ha- like peak. So like people kind of already got their cards and that. Yep. So it didn't really have that much of a big impact. Yeah, but then um. It was when, uh, like before nationals and that, that was when people, I noticed that people were starting to pick up more singles in here and there. Yeah. So it, it really depends on what's, what tournaments are coming up. So if there's like, if there's a pro quest coming up soon, then, you know, singles go up obviously. And yeah, that's actually a good point. Mm. Um, you did get a pro quest. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the only other one nice. is blood rush that we know yep. of. There might only be two. Really? Mm, Queensland's only getting one. Yeah, but but talking about revenue, that's so. It, that's a good point. That's actually. good for you, man. That means you might get a 60, 70 player pro quest. Yeah, man. There's no well. well it's good because yes, people will now travel to it. Some yes. of the Queensland guys will oh, say yeah. they'll come down because I think you and Blood Rush will be on the weekend, and that's what yeah, and they'll just come down for both. Mm-hmm. But the issue is, if there's not enough pro quests, and you sell singles. Mm. You don't have, you know what I mean? If there were double the ProQuest, you might end up with a lot more single sales because people want to, you know what I mean? Mm. Like uh, even though you're not maybe the shop running the ProQuest, you mm. still might get your locals buy singles to go to a ProQuest. I think this is a great move by LSS reducing the number of ProQuests. I think it's great. Yeah. But what uh, about the LGSs that don't have the ProQuest? You know, they're not getting anything, right? So that's what I'm saying. Well, if they're selling singles, they are. Well, mm. let's... We'll see. The thing is also, we have no idea. I like the one I'm personally salty about is Grimdark didn't get one because mm. they're still quite regional and they have a very good scene, like a large scene. And when they run a pro quest or a road to nationals or a skirmish, it's packed. Mm. It's, it's big, as big as yours, if not bigger, because they have a bigger local scene, I think. Mm. But r- irrespective of numbers, people in Wollongong can't always travel. <laughs> to, you know what I mean? Like if it's a local one, Still an hour and a half away. I think it hypes the game more. I think if you I, have, I'm not. I think I, if you have two in New South Wales, they're going to be bigger tournaments. Well, more I'm, I'm saying we're about to find out. Yeah, we're, we're about to find out if it, if they go. But you can't fit sixty people, can you? Yeah, you can. Uh, okay. You can. Perfect. Yeah. And Blood Rush might have to hire a hole, but if if that's what we see, if we see sixty man progress and only one or two of them, that's way better for me. It's way less time invested. Like I just go to the event and I play it. Do you know what I mean? And I'd rather play in a deeper pool. It makes people. cold f- gold. We went to one pro quest that was valuable. like twelve people. Like yeah. I don't want to see that ever. Mm. There was a there was an RTN with nine people somewhere in the world. Like mm. what do you mean? You just turn up and 
No. <laughs> Do you know, like that should be run as an armory. They shouldn't even be allowed to run a nine-man RTN. It reduces the amount of PTIs. It, re- it, it reduces the amount of gold falls floating around. Yeah. It makes them more special, more As long as they've done it across the board, like US included. Like as long as it's – if they've reduced everywhere by 50%, that's completely fine as long as it's everywhere. It'll be reduced, I think – Based on players. Yeah, which it should be. Sure. You know, like... Yes and no, but the, the problem with only looking at, like, a spreadsheet or numbers is Australia doesn't, like... Numbers-wise, we look like one half of a state in the US, mm. but realistically, no one is driving from Sydney to Lismore. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's in the same state, but it's not... That's a different country for us. Like, it's very mm. unlikely I want to go to Lismore for an event. Only if it's like a really big event. Right? No, but irrespective, like, like Australia's very, what's the word? N- nothing is close. Nothing mm. is close. Like having one in Sydney does not actually cater to Newcastle and Wollongong. Yes, some people carpool it, but not everyone can. Mm. You're not catering for people that have responsibilities, disabilities, whatever it may be. It's just hard to go off numbers alone. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Philippines has the same problem. It's way too many fucking islands. Like, some of them literally there's no LGS on their island and that's it like there's no way for them to easily travel like you gotta drive and then ferry and then you know you can't do that at 11pm for instance like it's problematic you gotta like cater to per region I think that's actually one struggle LSS has is they don't have the resources to cater per region like our nationals would not have looked like that if they had actual eyes on the ground no fucking way you know what I mean Mm -hmm. there's no way the tables would look like that there's there's no way there's no singles at our Australian national. What do you mean there's no singles at national? Mm, Imagine yeah. not having singles at your nationals. Yeah. When there's like 20 stores that would have happily, Blood Rush were happy to come down and sell yeah. singles. I'm surprised not to, not to see them there. But the store running the nationals had <laughs> fucking singles in their store yeah. and they didn't bring them. What do you mean? Like that's just a problem with how you can, like that's a simple contract between you and the person running nationals is you have to have singles. Work it out. Either do it yourself or get someone that sells singles as a vendor at your event. Like it boggles my mind. But I think that's just a LSS thing is they're not big enough to have like an Australian rep that's in tune with mm. Australia. Because if you had an Australian rep that lived in New Zealand but came here, did a tour for a month, went around, talked to people, they'd immediately know where to put the ProQuest. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like they'd immediately know. Yeah, for that BCS I r- we ran at for Y Schwartz. Yeah. Um, Bushy Road, they sent a rep. Yeah. Over from Singapore to check out all the tournaments, make sure everything is right. Um, they also have this policy where like you can only use um, licensed products. Mm. Like you can't use a playmat that you that was fan made or something. Okay, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It's like, no, yeah, Fab has like, that. That that policy is mm. written in flesh and blood. Oh really? Whether so you they can't f- use Oh no, you can't go to a tournament with like a by the rules you can't. Really? They yeah. can't go come with a tall team playmat. Oh, what? Yeah, but flesh and blood, like that's also like a whether you want. Are you serious? Yeah, is that yeah, an actual rule? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? You can't play on a not non-licensed playmat in flesh and blood, in a tournament. You're joking, right? Go read the rule. It's in the thing. But but why enforce it? Like mm. do, like the, then there's a re, like why why enforce it if it doesn't say flesh yeah, and blood? I don't. No, I think if you're using a playmat that infringes on copyright or something, but if you just literally. Like had a blank playmat. I'll try and look it up for like you. I've bl- read it somewhere. Like a blank playmat, not even with a single... I've, I've read it somewhere. Like a fucking mouse pad? Yeah, it was ba- it's, it's then straight back to things like proxy cards. Like if I own the card and I want to put a fake one in my deck. Very weird. There's, in tournaments, there's rules against that. 
at your local store, they might care less. You know what I mean? Like you, you might let someone. It's obviously not enforced. Proxy because a tunic because you know they borrowed it to the new player. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you might be fine with it, but in a tournament, that should never happen. Mm. But I'll, I'll look it up. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to in Flesh and Blood. It's look. Some of that stuff is in bad taste. Like when Nick Butcher rolls out his magic thing on like it was an RTN or a ProQuest stream. He's playing on a magic playmat in a flesh and blood. Most people don't even know that's a magic playmat. That doesn't look good. It still doesn't look good. I don't know why he uses that. I wish I asked him. Why? Yeah. Because he's a edgelord. No, no, no. But why that one? It's like a piece of cloth. It's fucking expensive. It's got like jizz stains on it, man. It's that thing's like five grand or something stupid. Not that much. Oh, it is. There's some that are. I don't know that specific one, but I. Do you know how expensive they are? Some of those magic. The um, old cloth ones, oh, the big ones. Mm, I never really looked into that. Yeah, they're very expensive. Okay, way more expensive than any flesh and blood mats that exist. Okay, at the moment. So, where can people find you, Andy? Find me. Yeah, Chromatic Games. Tell, let the audience know. Plug everything. I Website, what you do, and, just, and yeah, let us know. Yeah. yeah, you can watch. Um, we stream every now and then. You can follow us at uh, Chromatic Games AU. That's for Twitch, and you can come in store, and and I'll, I'll probably be there. <laughs> where is <laughs> your store, me. Andy? People need to know. Where? Give us the address. Where is your store? Two five five A Liverpool Road, Ashfield, Sydney, Australia. Yeah. There's parking near the station, but you can pretty much catch a train if you're coming in mm. from wherever. You've got a Twitter. Chromatic Games has a Twitter. Mm. It's got a Facebook. I don't think he follows me on Twitter. Uh-huh. Oh, James does the Twitter, so. <laughs> James, James, we'll yes. talk soon, mate. We should have James. Oh you know, James, James would make a very yes. good guest. Yes, that'd be funny. Oh yes, you bring him. Should we? Yeah. Good, yeah. Well, only if he starts playing Flesh and Blood. I know that kid doesn't always play Flesh and Blood. He's got to up his game. He started like at hey, the he, beginning. I've seen him play. No, he he has seen him play stuff. recently. He had some alpha stuff. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I was in. I was in Brisbane at Vault playing. What was it? A ProQuest? Yeah. Some random. Big white dude comes up to me, goes, "Hey, do you know James?" And I go, "James, who?" He goes, "James, you know, James. He works at Chromatic." I go, yeah, "Of course I know." He's like, "I'm his best friend." <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm like, "Awesome, nice to meet." And then I told James, like, I don't know, they went to school together oh, or something. Yes, Somebody knows. He talks to me about this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot his name though. <laughs> but he's like, I saw him in one of your videos, and I'm like, oh, great, <laughs> he's he's famous. <laughs> James is famous, dude. So he should he should make content. Yeah, he should. He's that that personality yeah. can't fail. Yeah, because yeah. it does not matter. Like, like he could read the label off this bottle, <laughs> and it would be funny. Do you know what I mean? Because it's all about energy. Like, yeah. I don't actually. My videos are boring to me. Like, because I rewatch them before posting mm. them. I'm fairly dry. Like, I could come up with a joke here and there, mm. but I'm more dry. James is like, mm. yeah, he's a character. He's right? a character. Yeah, he's a caricature. He's yeah. like not real. He's like a cartoon <laughs> someone drew of a person. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like yeah. an anime character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good. Yeah. You should make him the mascot of Chromatic. <laughs> mascot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you should make a Chromatic channel and then he's like the helper. Like he always... Yeah, he's the prosperous innkeeper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and people can buy singles online from the Chromatic Games website. Yeah, you can. We have Fab singles, Magic singles, and we're looking to do Weiss and Pokemon singles soon. Awesome. Sick. Mm. And when is your ProQuest? Mm. Is it booked? The, uh, it's, cause some person told me because it's on the exact same day as 
default games, I think. Jolt. Jolt games, sorry. Okay. Jolt games. Someone told me. Yeah, like, ideally you know. alternate them, mm. but also you got to do what you got to do. Mm. Like people never understand that when you run a business, like if you've got 20 tournaments that month, you can't just... Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One day, every day is going to be taken eventually, right? Yes. Yes. But this is a big one for Fab. If there's only two in Sydney, hopefully mm. you'll... Like if it's not on the one same day Sydney. as Jolt, you'll get some of the Canberra crowd in. That's what you got to well, know. Not, not two, one. Sorry, one in Sydney, one, one in Gosford. Well, that's the thing. If it's not on those two days, mm. you will get the Canberra crowd and you will get the Gosford crowd. Yeah, so I might need to change it. Yeah. Uh, if it's the only one, you'll get everyone in New South Wales. Yeah, mm. that, that's the advantage to you is you'll fill the store, mm. that, which is what you want, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Because if there's not that many pro quests, actually, yeah. I will I will talk off camera because I'm opening a crap load of dynasty. Maybe mm. I'll like stock you up with singles. Because oh. if you're gonna have the pro quest, you're gonna want dynasty singles. Yeah. 100%. So I'll try and um I'm doing so I'll shout out my own shit. But while we're talking about this, we're doing a big live stream on the Thursday night. Which you're welcome to come to. Mm. So Thursday, ten thirty p.m. We're opening an alpha box, arcane box, crew first case if we have time. Mm. Then we'll jump into like 10 cases of Dynasty. Wow. But if you want to be here to grab singles mm. and sort and stuff, I can empty the table for you. Does that make sense? No, oh, thank you. Like it might be an advantage for you to have them ready for the launch day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what I do for good games already is they give me like four of their cases and I rip them on stream and then I just hand them the singles so they can oh. sell them. So I can do that for you yeah. as well. Um, you get a little cool. ad on the thing and yeah. send people to your cool. single store. But yeah, it's, it's also you just come and hang out. There'll be probably 10 people in this right I'll be there. I, I won't be there for the whole night because someone's got to pay the bills and go to work the next day. But I'll definitely be there and make an appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you can find us all. We're flying out San Jose World. Oh, yeah, we are. Look at me. I'm, I can't believe, team, I haven't triggered John this whole podcast. I came wearing this attire hoping Well, when that you I talk about the abusive relationship, I was just picturing you, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I, was, look, I came here... I didn't sp- say it. I came here wearing <laughs> my Cali get-up. Okay, Cali I've, get got up. The, I've got the baseball... Uh, this is uh, the, uh, not a baseball cap, but go on. It is. This is the AAA Las Vegas, Nevada um, Area 51 team, formerly now I think they're called the Aviators. I've got the... Uh, Cali white singlet. I got the pulled up white socks. I got the three quarter pants. I'm looking like I'm straight out of Compton, baby. You better believe it. So you know, I I'm 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 just so pumped for uh, going to California and playing in San Jose. So I haven't even checked the weather. Is it hot or cold? Or uh perfect. Oh, not it's just perfect. Good weather. I wish it would be a bit warmer, but for most people, you consider T-shirt it weather. Twenty to twenty three degrees. Oh, perfect. That is perfect. Twenty to twenty three degrees. Because I haven't thought about what to pack yet. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great. And follow us there. I'll be on the flight with Fluke and we'll be shenanigans and we're doing all sorts of stuff. Hopefully we get to um, stretch our legs in LA and get down to Venice Beach and fuck around. How long have we got? Like seven hours? Seven and a half yeah. hours. Yeah. Plenty of time. Go do some shopping. Woo. All right, team. Well, Any, I got last, bounce. Words? Any last words? Any last words? Shout outs. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. I think people find you. the poker stuff very interesting. Yes. The characters we have. Any in. advice for young kids out there that want to open LGS? Oh, oh yeah. Um, what would you have done different? <laughs> you can't always think about the perfect plan. You just got to do just it. Do it. YOLO. Yeah. yeah. Actually, YOLO sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, it. That's, yes, overthinking it will just kill mm. it sometimes. Mm. Uh, anything from you? 
There's a giveaway on the channel, 1,600 subs. Oh, we've done that. On your channel. Yeah, we smashed it. That's all done. It's all done. So 1,700. Yeah, I'm going to open it up in, what, a day or two? All right, I'm 1,000 subs ahead still. Yeah. No, no, no. You're closing the gap. Closing the gap. One (laughs) sub at a time. (laughs) Um, No, yeah, congrats to all the winners in 1,600 sub. I will be posting out all those goodies before I leave to San Jose. Thank you very much for those that have got in contact. Give me postage details. Especially thank you to those that are referring me to a friend that are attending World. Save me on postage. We still have some Princess Spy playmats. I was about to ask. Yeah, I've already I'm, I'm taking over. I've already pre-sold. I think twelve. Yep. That I'm taking over. So I've still got a couple more. If you'd like a Princess Spy playmat, hit me up. Twenty five USD. You get your own number. There's only sixty ever made, never to be printed again. So, yeah, I think it's a real good piece, especially if you own the Tall Timmy playmat, but most people don't. It's a pretty rare team, pretty hard to get. I get constantly people asking me for a Tall Timmy. I've got Timmy one for play- sale, 800 USD. Everyone asked me for Tall Timmy playmats, and I'm like, team, I wasn't joking when I said I'm never going to print another one of those again. It's don't, 70. Yeah. That's it. And I still get people freaking asking me all the time, uh, all the time for a tall TV playmat. I'm just like, mate, they're, they're your, your Dory playmat I got smashed with when I showed mm. people that playmat. You ended up selling a couple, I think. Yeah, to the US, uh, <laughs> all because of you. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> there we go. But you didn't even have many. Like, it's yeah, your. Yeah, 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 I didn't. Nah, that's cool. All right. All right, guys, we're going to sign off. See you at Worlds. Uh, this is the last episode before Worlds. Yes. Yeah. But we're doing heaps. Well, the next episode you see, hopefully, fingers crossed, is us and Sloop Dupe or something cool like that in our hotel room in, in, in LA. In LA? Is that where we're going? Cali. I don't San know Jose. where we're going. San, San Jose, is where Jose we're going. baby. LA and then San Jose. Yes, <laughs> he did it. <laughs> All right, guys.